Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I wanted to start out tonight with Isaiah 54. Increase is coming, verse 2. Increase is coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, increase is coming. Now, right now, don't try to predict what increase looks like for you. Because you're thinking too small. Increase is coming, so enlarge your tent. Add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. You will increase and spread out in every direction. So tonight, I... I'm continuing on to discuss more about faith. And, you know, one of the, my favorite things is when God gives new stuff. Don't you love that he's given? You know, I love it says that in all of eternity, we will never exhaust all that there is to know about God. Do you love that? So that means here on earth in your little whatever, 100 years or so. I'm going to be 110. What do y'all got? What do you got? 110? Okay. Um, I'm just halfway there, right? <laughs> Easy. Don't do the math. It's close. But in this game called life, let's just think of it as a game tonight. Like the game Battleship. Did you ever play Battleship when you were a kid? There's an enormous Battleship somewhere. We just saw it the other day. Where was that? Chicken and Pickle has an enormous Battleship. Yep. It's, it's vertical. It's nice. Why would you play that out in the heat? I don't know. But anyway, that's another story. But there's three main players I want to talk about tonight. There's God. We know him, right? Yes. Don't you love that God has three parts? You have three parts, right? We're made in his likeness. Anyway, so there's God. There's humanity. You're that. All right? You're not God. You're humanity. Got it? So we always have to remember who we are. And there's Lou. I like to call him Lou, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, the D-I-V-I-L. No. I was fixing to channel my inner, but no. What's her name? Catherine Coleman. Okay, so I want to talk about these three players tonight. So God, he's amazing. I like to tell him what a good job he's doing as God, right? And see, the neat thing about that is that God wants to help you do a good job as a human. Right? And so... He equips us with all of the attributes from himself that humanity would need to succeed. Right? Now, if you think about it, I don't know how much time, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the enemy. But the Bible told me that he's lurking around. So there's two things lurking around. There's God. He's looking for someone to demonstrate his power through. It says that in the word, right? He's looking for a candidate, a human candidate to demonstrate the power of the living God. He wants to co-labor with us. He wants to co- And the cool thing is that he's got a system set up. I talked about it the other day that he wants to reward all the things On earth that humanity does according to his will. Right? We agree on that, right? Most of us, right? So, what what the crux though I think is, is that how much of the enemy actually infiltrates our camp? So, We've been talking about this faith thing for a little bit. I wanted to read you a couple of foundational scriptures. Okay. Let's turn to Hebrews 11. I'm talking tonight about two things. If you 
have this little equation in your notebook. I've been throwing you out some equations lately and you're writing notes. Say faith plus love equals. I made you a little slide. It equals that you're unstoppable. Now, I don't know about you. I want to be unstoppable. There's only one player in this equation of this game called life that wants to stop me. God's for me. He made a plan, right? Mostly humanity's for me. Mostly. I like, I like my nucleus to all be for me. You know, my nucleus is my, my right, my left, my behind, my forward, right? all my people around me, they're for me. They're my biggest fans. I gathered them on purpose. Just kidding. They, I, why would you want enemies or in your nucleus, right? So, faith plus love, it means that there's something about this combination of it that's unstoppable. Now, think about love for a second before we go to Hebrews 11. God first loved so much. Have you, have you, have you felt the ache yet of how much this good, good Father loves humanity? It's what makes me get up every day is because I feel the ache of a father for his children. Let's set aside all of our natural stuff. Let's talk supernatural tonight. The supernatural of God, the father and this groom and this pneuma, this spirit wind and this family of God, all of that is constructed to what? To make this game called life fun. To make it abundant. See, we should measure it. We should say, am I living an abundant life or no? I propose to you that just accepting, accepting Jesus may not be enough for the abundant life. I may have to get rid of some stuff up here in my noggin. That's actually not utilizing the gifts and tools of the Spirit to my benefit to have an abundant life, right? So let's look at Hebrews 11, shall we? I believe I have that pulled up. In the voice, it says, Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you have never seen. In the message, it says, this is the fundamental fact of existence. That it is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. So, that tells me that faith is a foundation of what? It's a T word. Of trust. So if you were Lou, if you were playing in the game of life with humanity, wouldn't the first thing you do, wouldn't it be to break humanity's trust of the Creator? Because why? He knows it's the foundation. Do we? See, that's why... When I see something coming for the foundation of something, right. say relationships, I'm, I'm a shepherd, so I'm overlooking the flock, and I see, Lou, out of the corner of my eye, and he's, he's wiggling his little wormy self, his little deceptive self, into somebody's thoughts. How do I know? I hear what they say. See, when we, when we understand, we have to separate everything really clearly. I love how Pam says it. If it doesn't fit with what God is, break it off. Don't sit down at dinner with it. Don't try to con talk to it and act like if there's any truth in there. It's either true or it's not. And so see, if we are aware that the enemy's desire is to break trust between humanity and God, then we would be more protective. Let's use a common analogy. Let's just say that the police came and knocked on your door. 
And they said, there's a burglar, a robber, coming down the neighborhood, and he's going to steal your dog out of your backyard. Would you open the gate? Or would you bring the dog in the house? Why? Because you have something of value, and someone told you the burglar's coming. The dog burglar is coming. Right? See, that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm telling you. The destiny stealer is after you. Okay, let me make it more simple. The messer upper of relationships is hot on your trail. He wants to destroy you, destroy your family, your husband, your wife, your children. He wants there to be divorce and mayhem. He wants there to be friendships break up. He wants there to be commitments broken. That's his job. Then what would we do to build our boundary, our fence line, a little bit stronger? Would you get a little padlock and put it on the stockade fence gate what would we do so think of your destiny in that way really at the end of the day this life is about how well you did your destiny you have to know it to do it and so the enemy wants you to break trust with the one that says i know the plans i have so you'll never go to the guy with plans you'll do your own life You'll do your own thing. And you'll call it success because you maybe had a good job for a while. You'll call it success because, you know, you didn't kill your kids or something. See, our bar of success moves around. That's not the standard of Jesus. And so this is the foundation for everything. This fundamental fact. That you have to trust God. To do anything with your destiny with God. And see, the neat thing about broken trust is it can be unbroken. See, our will is so involved. Here's what happens. We begin to experience life through lose eyes. Hardship and brokenness, abuse. This is a room full of people who have been healed of all kinds of abuse. We either sit on the sidelines of life and say, something bad happened to me. Something bad happened to all humanity because Lou is the enemy of humanity. Remember... He wanted, the, he wanted to be humanity because God so loved humanity. So he became the enemy of us. He's actually not the enemy of God. It's not a competition. Right? And so since I become like what I behold... I mean, I'll prove it to you. For a whole year, just watch some crappy show on TV and see how you feel at the end of that year. And then the next year, only watch amazing stuff about God and see how you feel at the end of that year. We become like what we look at. So if I'm looking at Lou's destruction and I'm acting like that's God, It is going to break my trust with God. But see, God wants me to repair the brokenness. You know, there's some people in here that have been broken a lot of times in a lot of ways. But see, if you understand God's ways and God's plan, you'll understand He's going to flip that around on Lou. Remember... Revelation, do you overcome 
by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your, your story, your story, you're going to meet up with someone this week that you're going to hear the same story. Whatever breakthrough you've encountered, you all of a sudden run into somebody with that same story, having the same thing go on. Let's jump on down. Verse 3. Faith empowers us. Oh, let's just read the whole thing. I'm in the passion. Sorry. I, I know I don't have time for this, but now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The goal of faith is to do something impossible, not something that's already seen. That's why if you have a headache and you say, yeah, I got a headache, you're just saying what is in the natural. You haven't yet attached your faith to what is unseen. What's unseen? I don't have a headache. You're only speaking out the natural. It says faith, sorry, verse 2. This is the testimony of faith that previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. Remember, my faith is meant to be used with words to speak over something that is not. Like what? Like it should be. What's the should be? Heaven. It's not my personal should be. Your should be is too small. Okay? Like your should be is like, yeah, I just want a job to where, you know, I just barely make enough to make the rent. I want you to get a job to buy me a building. Because <laughs> if you can buy a building, you got enough for rent. You see, our faith... It, it, our faith is to expand. This is a season of expansion. It says, so it was beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth. Do you get it? The invisible realm is waiting for someone to speak over it what it's supposed to be. That's why you can't see it yet in the natural. I don't think you got. It's waiting. The thing that doesn't exist is waiting for someone to say it. So that means I have to be able to see what it should be. Or I'll never say it. You'll never say over you what what your destiny is if you can't see it. Let's move on. That's enough of that. (laughs) So the question is, where did the enemy come in to invade your trust? That's why I love a sozo, because you need to go back. See, because all the stuff that happened after that original trust was broken was just confirmation that trust was broken. So you thought to yourself, well, they can't, people can't be trusted. So guess what? You ran on a whole bunch of people that couldn't be trusted. Isn't it weird how many people you come up with that can't be trusted? It's just going along with my faith. My faith got injured and it told me people can't be trusted. So then I ran around with a bunch of people that can't be trusted. And so then I ended up marrying them. And they still can't be trusted. And I can't believe why my life's in shambles. Because I just reproduced after like kind. I wasn't wasn't trusting. Right? I wasn't trusting God. So I found somebody else that didn't trust God. And guess what? We both don't trust each other the same. just, Just reproduce that in everything. Through your job. Through your family. Everywhere. Because guess what? The common denominator is me. Me and my broken trust happens on all the relationships. Have you ever known somebody that just... I knew somebody once, they had been married like seven times. And I was counseling with them, and I was trying to explain... Sorry. I was trying to explain to them why they had been married seven times. Because there was only one common denominator. 
one. It was them. And I was trying to explain what was broken in them. But they could not hear it. Why? Because trust got broken back when they were four. So see, it's so important to say, Papa, where did trust get broken? Because guess what? The enemy just walked in. The gates down. The dog robber came by and robbed. And it's just the, the doors open. He's just see, and see, what happens is that God actually wants us to expand our territory. So what he does, Mendel's going to talk about here in a minute, but he moves out the boundaries. We're uncomfortable with that. Right? We're like, oh, this is all, this is all I can trust right here. No, he's wanting this faith expansion to explode in your life. I love this. Let's turn over to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5. This is a really fun little scripture. You should read it. I don't have time to read it all. But it says, verse 4 says, Brothers and sisters, you are not living in the dark, allowing that to creep upon you like a thief coming to steal. For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor to the darkness. A little commercial here. That's why it's really important that God, we were meant to sleep at night to do what? To be restored. We were meant to work during the day. That's why that nighttime shift's not good for human beings. It says right here, but since we belong to the day, that's what it means. It means that that's when God is doing the work. When he's nurturing your garden, it's at night. That's why the enemy wants to steal your sleep, because that's the nurturing garden time. Humanity has to have that. You can act like you don't need that all you want, but that's the restorative plan of God. It goes on in a 24-hour period. Don't try to usurp that Usurp that because you won't be successful, okay? So he's saying, your children today. So we must stay alert and be clear-headed by placing the breastplate of faith and love over our hearts and the helmet of hope of salvation over our thoughts. Isn't that great? Now, the passion has this little commentary. Let me read it to you. It says that it's translated like this. Be clear-headed in our vision. How many know, you don't have to raise your hand, you're not clear-headed in your vision? Without vision, people die. That's why vision has to be cleared up. You know, when I first got these glasses, I was... I don't know, 44, I think. I'd never wore glasses in my life, and I was, I've told the story before. I'm sitting at the restaurant, and I can't read the menu anymore, and I'm like, what has happened? Right? So I go to the doctor. Well, guess what? Progressively, every couple years, I get more progressively blind. More, more, the menu gets blurrier and blurrier. What's happening? What's happening to my eyes? They're getting really tired. They can't, they're tired of focusing. <laughs> like you've read way too much in your life. We're just tired. So what happens, slowly but surely, I have to have more power, right? Okay, so it's, he's saying we got to be clear-headed in our vision. So see, our vision's so important because what? Have you ever been chaotic in your vision? Yeah. How good of decisions are those? They're just not good, right? Because I can't see. So he said, we have to be clear-headed in our vision as we are deployed. Isn't that a great line? As we are deployed on the battlefield for faithfulness and love. So remember what I've been talking about. God's trying to send us out. Let's think of it as a deployment. A little military term. Guess what? When you're deployed, you don't have a choice. <laughs> so see the job you're on? That wasn't your choice. That was a plant by God. Right? The moment you attach your vision 
to love and faith, then your job will change in an instant. In an instant. The, the more that you are clouded and you're like, I don't want to be working. I don't understand that concept. I'm a double tasker, so that makes no sense to me. I love to work. I love to make money. I love to make, give, make money to give other, to other people. I love to buy people's stuff. I buy people's stuff all the time because I love to work. I love to make money. I love to give, right? I just got a little gift for all the worship team. It's coming. They're going to be so excited. I just love. I know Moo loves presents. That's what, that's what I live for. So see, working isn't a chore. It's like, it's like the greatest opportunity of everything ever known. I meet people. I make money. I get to give gifts. I, get to buy, I bought me some shoes today. I get to buy shoes. These are not them. It's, it, that's, life is fun. Life is abundant, right? Because I have my vision clear for what's really going on. Remember I told you the story Sunday about the guy who charges something different. And we decided to pay him the higher amount. Well, when I got home, Pam sent me a little text. She said, well, not only do we need to pay the higher amount, but I want to give him X amount of dollars. It was a large number towards his son who just had a wreck. Remember what I said Sunday? Something kicked in. The love kicked in. It's not my money. Right? So we're deployed on the battlefield for faithfulness of and set apart with the shield of hope of everlasting life. It's such a great chapter. Y'all could read that even further. So just think about it. Right now, we're talking about this faith and love. And he's trying to say, it needs to be a breastplate. What's going on right here? Your heart. What are you protecting? Because who's stealing? What's he stealing? What's in your heart? Do you understand that, that he wants to worm his way in there to where your heart can't trust anymore? Have you ever not had trust, anybody? How's that feel? What's that feel like? It's just horrible. I mean, there is nothing good about it. In fact, you're trying to shake it off. Have you ever tried to shake it off? The only thing that repairs trust is forgiveness. I know y'all thought it was like God was going to give you a 10-step program. Listen, it's not. It's forgiveness. And forgiveness is a choice of my own. I've had a lot of people done me wrong song. I could sing a couple verses on it. You know, the very first thing Pam and I have said for years is that I will love even more than this. I will forgive and I will love. Why? Because if I don't, my heart is closed off to any trust. My heart is closed off. And that's what he's saying is that you've got to place this breastplate of faith and love over your heart so you remain clear-headed in your vision. That's the answer right there for anybody that's not clear-headed in their vision. That's just my foundational scriptures. You're welcome. Now let's turn to a couple other places. Where do we want to go? Let's go to... Just real quick, let me read a couple other things. 2 Timothy 1. He says, allow healing words you've heard from me to live in you and make them a model for life. This is 2 Timothy 1. Read that whole whole chapter this week. Model for your life as your faith and love for the anointed one grows even more. Guard well this incorruptible treasure by the spirit of holiness living in you. Now, these are all scriptures about your job. Say my job. Turn to your neighbor. Say, I'm not going to be doing this for you. This is your job. You've got to guard. You've got to guard. That's why it's so important to know how the enemy trips you up. 
You know, the enemy trips me up with physical stuff. So like I told you, you know, I had a pretty rough week last week. And so I've been not feeling really good for two days now. So I just called Phil. He called me. He said, can I pray for you? And I was like, thank you, you know, for checking in. And yes, I'm feeling crappy. That's what I told him. Yucky. And so he prayed for me. So then when I got here tonight, I started feeling better. But see, that's how the enemy, I know that's how he trips me up. He starts saying, he starts saying the funniest things to me. Anybody else have the physical road? Yeah. He starts saying, well, see, and you know, you know what he says, right? Well, see, well, see. And I'm like, see what? (laughs) You were outside in the rain the other day and you probably got a bat. Now you got strep throat, you know, does anybody, does he do that to anybody? Yeah. So what do I do with that? I was sitting, I was walking around the house yesterday saying, body, be healed. That's how I was talking to my body. Because my body can't hear sometimes when it don't feel good. My body wants to say, lay down. I don't have time to lay down. Did I mention I like to work? Don't have time. Do you see? He's always trying to trip you up in the area of your abundance. Y'all should think about that a little deeper than that cool groan you just gave me. He wants to trip you up in the area where you're supposed to produce abundance. I'm just telling you. So when I was reading all this today, I got to thinking thinking about this really, this is a scripture I read all the time, but in the light of this new dynamic about faith, I want you to listen to it. It's Ephesians 6, verse 10. The title of it in the Passion is Spiritual Warfare. He says, now, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength throughout your life union with Jesus. Stand victorious with the force, right? May the force be with you, of his explosive power flowing in and through you. But listen to this. He says, put on God's complete set of armor. We've all heard this provided for us. This is what it says, though. So that you will be protected as you fight against evil strategies of the accuser. So remember what I've been talking about. Faith is not supposed to be used on fear, right? Remember what I said the other day about how that when the storm arose... And Jesus said he didn't have very much faith. He wasn't using that. He didn't say to them, don't be afraid. He said to the storm, shalom. He was demonstrating to them the power of his authority against something that was actually coming against them. He didn't speak. He just told them that they just had weenie faith. Right? And see, I think, let's be Jesus for a minute. Ready? (laughs) He's like, dang, guys, I gave you this faith. And you're over here hollering at me. I'm trying to have a nap. That's the napping Jesus. Remember about the fig tree was the hangry Jesus, right? He's like, I'm trying to have a nap. Can you not use your faith? For yourselves. To say something to the thing that's scaring you. I'm not scared. I'm asleep. So think like Jesus every now and then. When you come up against something. How freaked out do you get? He's like, dude, I gave you the faith. Will you just use your mouth to profess What your faith says is possible. We have got to move from just professing what the natural looks like to actually taking just a moment. I mean, I'm talking 10 seconds. Holy Spirit, what's happening here? Why am I feeling so afraid? And he'll give you the words. Speak to that mountain. Speak to that storm and tell it shalom. Tell it to stop it. Stop making me afraid. See, because that faith, that's what he's saying, is that we're supposed to use this set of armor 
against the strategies of the accuser. Right? What's the accuser doing? Don't you love the accuser? He's like, hey, let's do that thing. Hey, hey, you know you want it. Hey, right? And then you do it, and he's like, idiot. He does. Idiot. Man, you're horrible. You're horrible. You can't even change. You can't change. You're just the same. You didn't. In fact, that was, God didn't really touch you. You, you didn't really lay down this past six months. No, you didn't, nothing happened for you tonight. So that's what the armor's for. Remember, he's got a strategy. Lou's got a strategy. Do you have a strategy? God has a strategy. Do you have a strategy? Listen to me. You've got to get a strategy against the enemy's tactics on you. If you know it's physical, get a strategy. My strategy is tell to shut up. Call somebody to believe with me and pray for me. Go pray for somebody that has the same problem I have. I have a strategy against the enemy. So what is the accuser doing? He's accusing. (laughs) What does accusing feel like? Good or bad? Let's go simple. Good or bad? (laughs) What have you been accused of by the enemy lately? How many have been having some internal thought processes of accusation this week? Anybody? This month? This year? That's all Lou. Zero of that is God. God does not use accusation. That's how you know it's Lou. If you do not know yet in your little noggin what is an accusing voice and what is a loving voice, we need to clean that up and clear that up. So I have armor for just such an occasion. It says... Your hand-to-hand combat's not with human beings. How many thought, how many have had an experience this week? Okay, in the last two weeks. With somebody bugging them. Somebody, you being upset with somebody. How many were able to say, that's Lou. That's not that person. Look, how much progress you've made. You remember when you couldn't do that at all? (laughs) Do you remember? You've learned. You've learned. Right? You've been learnable. So what do we do with it? Since we have a strategy now, and we know that person's just an idiot because it's Lou, right? They're manifesting. (laughs) Right? So our hand-to-hand combat's not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion. In rebellion. Who are they in rebellion? From God. Right? In the heavenly realms. The highest. This should be encouraging to you. I'm just telling you. You are actually having battles with really high-ranking ex-angels. And they ain't taking you out. They ain't taking you out. Right? You're you're getting better at this, right? See, think about how much better you are than you used to be. That's called maturity. That's called spiritual awareness. Remember how every little thing used to trip you up? That's miserable, isn't it? So we're not fighting against people, but these really high-ranking officers... And Lou's army, right? A bunch of idiots that fell with Lou, right? Right? It says they're a powerful class of demon gods. And evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. So that right there is enough for me. I'm just like, okay, I see what's going on here. All these wimpy demons... It can't be angels anymore. Mad. They're they're ticked off. They bought into this bill of goods from Lou. 
And now they're a bunch of nothing. They don't even get to be in God's presence, which they were made for. And so now they have to keep everything in bondage on earth if they can. All the people who are completely unaware of their existence. But this little armor I have is plenty. Listen, there's not another plan. I'm, I'm just telling you, like God doesn't have an alternative plan to defeat the enemy. This is it. It's simple. It says, because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides you. So you're protected as you confront the slanderer. As you confront the slanderer. Why? Why do we need to confront him? Because he's a liar. He's telling you things about you and things about other people that are untrue. You've got to confront him. It says, you're protected. Say, I'm protected. As I confront the slanderer. Isn't that good? For you're destined for all things and you will rise victorious. What it says is, after you've conquered that, it's really simple. When he gives you a stupid thought about you, see, all of this is all of this is about what you're aware of that you are. You will not operate in power when you're unaware that you carry the power. You will not change the natural to look like heaven. That's your job. Say that's my job. If all I can see is the natural. And Lou loves to paint a picture for you. That's hopeless. They're never going to change. They're always going to be like this. All those things, right? It says once that you have conquered him, then the victories just keep coming. Think right now of something that you used to believe about yourself that was bad that you don't believe anymore. Like it, it's way far away from you. Can anybody? Yes. So how's that feel? And so can't you see that God just wants more momentum with that? So he tells you what is put on truth. Right? Keep your pants up. Right? That's why truth is about. It's right here. It's got to keep your pants up, right? So you don't have no more embarrassment. Right? So he has nothing to make you feel guilty about, right? Because I got truth on, right? Right here in my midsection. It's good, right? I'm all protected to strengthen you to stand. So truth helps you stand. What's truth? It's the word. The word, right? So if you don't know the word, then when he comes, that's why Jesus gave us that little example in the wilderness. Those three areas, I've already preached on them several weeks ago. Those three areas that Jesus faced in the wilderness, you're facing today. So if you don't know the word, it's not just a good positive statement. It's this is the word, this is truth, this is what I'm standing on, this is the way it's going to be. And what did Satan do when he was with Jesus? When he stood on the word, what did Satan end up doing? Bye-bye. He fled. Went away. It's a simple truth. If you want to confront the enemy, you've got to know truth. And if you know truth, he'll get out of it. He'll get out of your town. And see, if I make him get out of me, and I can teach 10 people in my house, then he'll get out of my house. I can teach somebody in the neighborhood, he'll get out of the neighborhood. You see, it's trying to spread. What? The accusations and the slander. I don't know if you know this, but there's some people partnering with accusations and slander right now in the world. I know this is shocking to y'all in here, I'm sure. But this is going on in the world. It is. And so we have to what? We have to confront it. Right? And if I confront it, and I have on my armor... I'm totally protected. If I go in there without my truth, without the holiness, the holiness, put on the holiness as the protective armor that covers your 
part. This is, this is obviously in the Passion. Stand on your feet, alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take your faith as a wraparound shield. That's what we're talking about. How much is the wraparound? It's all around us. So that means our faith is working on all sides of us. That means I have to use faith all the time. Right? It has to be. Look for opportunities to increase it. You know, I love Cheryl. She's really good at helping us in a financial way because that's a really quick turnaround for us. God even said you could test him in it. And so what happens is that God wants to increase our faith, so he wants us to put our money where our mouth is. He wants us to put action where something is. So a lot of times if we have a, a great need, the very first thing I do is, is, I, is I give. Why? Because I'm trying to activate receiving. Because it says, if I give, I'll receive. So I have to activate it. It's just an activation. Right? So in every battle, take your faith as your reference shield. And it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Do you like that? Every single arrow. I love that. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. So what does that mean? That means that my head, my brain, can actually hear a lie and think it's true. Isn't that weird? Really, that sounds weird to me. How many lies does the enemy make you think are true and for how long? That is an exhausting process. And so he says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. What does that mean? What does salvation do? It made us brand new. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our sins. Salvation resurrected us into power. I'm embracing the full deliverance of salvation over everything. And that's, that truth is what protects my head, my brain, my thoughts from believing the wimpy little lies that Lou's trying to throw at me. See, God doesn't want us to wrestle around with all the stuff. He just wants us to confront it and cast it out and it be gone. I honestly believe that God doesn't want us to deal with the same lies year after year after year. I mean, I just think as a Savior, He's saying, wow, I resurrected. I died and resurrected and gave you this free gift that you just have to receive it. Right? And it has a full delivering power. Just for you to sit back down at the kitchen table with lies in the morning. Right? And then it says, take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. That's why it's so important to say out loud with your mouth what the word says. You know, God first came and loved us, right? He loved us unconditionally. That's what he did. He gave his son for us. He loved us unconditionally. I don't have time to read it tonight, but in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about all the ways that love has shaped um, his affection for us. All of that is, is written in there. And so from that one experience of love, then it births all of this um, expression of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. I made another little slide. The fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love. And all of the expressions of love come out of that. That's actually found in Galatians. Let's read it really quick. It's those things. It's faith that prevails. It's joy that overflows. It's gentleness of heart. It's life of virtue. It's patience that endures. Strength of the Spirit. Peace that subdues and kindness in action. Those are the attributes that come out of us when we've experienced His love. And see, if you understand 
that that's what God's trying to get your life to look at, then you can understand why the enemy's so against it. And so the whole time that God, be sure and read that in Galatians 5, the whole time that God is trying to burst something out of us, the enemy has this wimpy little tip just through a lie. And think about it. A lie is actually an untruth that the only reason we can call it a lie is because I'm contending with it. If I just throw it out, it's not even heard or listened to by me anymore. And so I think, you know, tonight I just really want to encourage us that God is trying to combine these two things because faith and love have to go together. Because I was first loved, I actually can't exercise my faith with him. Because I have faith, it actually increases how much I know he loves me, right? Come on, Mendel, finish up. Thank you, Tisa. Just another great word from Tisa Rogers. I love how the Holy Spirit does things. You know, I've just been sitting over there listening and I, you know, he shows me kind of the zoomed out picture of what he's been doing for us and what he's been teaching us. And I love how he comes in with these little tweaks because we can get really amped up about, you know, how powerful our will is, how powerful our faith is. And we're going to go out, we're going to conquer the world. And he was like, hey, don't forget don't forget about love, you know, like our, he's been talking to us a lot about faith and really rewriting that definition for us. But, um, and I didn't know exactly what Tisa was going to preach on today. And then I think it was so cool that right before dinner, the Holy Spirit dropped that, those song lyrics in my head about, I know you're going to sing me a love song tonight. So all of a sudden it's all about the love song, you know, the love song we're going to sing to him that he's going to sing to us. And, so I'm sitting over there and I was kind of feeling a little bit confused because I was like, well, are we talking about the lovey-dovey stuff tonight, Papa? Or are we talking about the warring, you know, putting on our armor and going out there and putting our faith into practice? And, you know, he finally brought a little clarity and told me that it's the, the balance of the two and our understanding of the importance of both in our lives is, is so important. And so I wanted to share just a little bit about this picture he's been painting for me that um, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but he was showing me recently, and I know it's just the, you know, the tip of the iceberg of what he's going to show me on this, but he was showing me that it's our journey with Jesus is sort of like, um, you know, Jesus is the doorway to knowing the Father, to knowing Father God. Without knowing Jesus and receiving him as our Savior, our Lord and Savior, then we, we won't be able to know Father God. But Father God knows that he created us to need a father. We needed to know who we were and we needed to be trained in all of these things that she talked about tonight and how to operate in, in the way that we were made. Without a father, we won't know our provision. And so we will provide for ourselves. Without a father, we won't know our how much he's protecting us. So we will self-protect. And we can't, we literally cannot be who we were designed to be without knowing and having received what the Father is meant to give us. So he was showing me this cool angle that basically Jesus opens the door to us. So we say, yes, Jesus, I, I receive your salvation. And so he introduces us to the Father. And then he was showing me, well, then the Father comes in knowing that we've been fatherless, okay? Knowing that we've been fatherless. And he says, well, let me let me be a father to you now. Now I'm going to take you by the hand like the little child that you are, and I'm going to train you. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to teach you all that you need to know as a father. So no matter what age we start this journey on, we, we start out as these little bitty children that he's going to father, and we've got to be taught all of these things. We've got to know who we are. We've got to know what he provides. And if we see that, that slide that she made today about the fruit of the spirit that comes from love, if we don't see those attributes in our lives, and then we know we're missing, we're lacking fathering in an area that that's related to. Thank you for putting that back up. So if we aren't seeing that, if we aren't experiencing this, then it's a simple equation like Tisa's been saying that we're lacking fathering in one of these areas that he wants to show us. Yeah. And so um, 
I see that Jesus in this picture, he's been showing me that the father raises us up. And just like we do with our natural children, we give them more and more responsibility, the more mature they get, right? And so we trust them with more. We give them little jobs like to take out the trash or to start washing the dishes. And then eventually, you know, maybe they drive the car one day and, you know, on and on and on. And so I see him raising us up to be the, the warring bride, to be the powerful bride. But he first, he makes a home for us where we, we learn that he's father. And he sets us up in I, this other picture that he's been telling me about for a long time is that it's, it's like he, he has a house for us and he puts a little fence around the front yard that we get to play in like children. So when we are children, but we've learned to self-protect and we've learned to provide for ourselves and we've got to do all this stuff for ourselves, you can't play in the front yard freely like a child if you are doing all of that. If you're watching all the borders, you're watching the perimeter and you're guarding this side and guarding that side, you can't be a child. You can't be who you were meant to be. So he sets us up and he puts a fence around the front yard so that we, and then he starts teaching us about the fence. He starts saying, well, that's what this fence post represents is my provision. And this fence post is my protection. And this fence post here is, is who I am and my faithfulness. And this fence post is my love for you. And he, we spend however much time we need in that size of yard. And we learn to operate in that territory. We learn to, to function in the gifts that he's given us and the identity that he gives us and the protection. We learn about the spiritual gifts he's given us. We, we begin to function in that territory. And then as we grow up, he expands the fence. He just makes the yard bigger. And that's how we gain, we take territory. We know we're meant to take territory on the earth. We're meant to bring heaven to earth, right? So we learn to do our little plot of land well first, and then he expands it. And each time he expands it, he puts another fence post in. The fence becomes bigger, and there's a new area of himself to show us. So we'll forever be loving, uh, learning about his love for us and who he says he is to us about his promises. And I think it all starts with that love. And that's why that song was so important today was that about the love song, because it, it all starts from that without without knowing that part of things. That's why we don't start off even with our natural children. We don't start giving them chores when they're one years old, we just smother them with kisses and love and affection. And we buy them every Christmas gift we can think of. You know, it's, it's just like this overabundance over this abundance, abundance of love. It's all about love. And then as they grow, then we start incorporating the other things. So I just encourage each of you to, to remember these two things. Like she put in this equation, um, made it so easy for us about faith plus love. So ask the Holy Spirit about um, what area of, of these two things are you lacking in? What area are you needing more of his fathering in? And that's just a great discussion that you can have with him um, tonight, even as you're going to bed or throughout your day. Just what new aspect of this fence of safety and security and love is he wanting to show you that maybe it's a little fuzzy for you right now? So Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you for the way that you teach us and that you train us and that you open our eyes to see ourselves, even where we're at right now. Thank you for showing us how important knowing the love of the Father is. Thank you for showing us that it is the anchor. It is the source of our hope and our faith. And without that, that we will not be able to operate in how we were made. We will be dysfunctional because we cannot function in our design without knowing who you are and without receiving your love. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would move through the room today and that you would work in the hearts of each and every person who's heard this word, in the mind of each person who's heard this word, and that you would just till up the ground and, and show and highlight the places that you're wanting to highlight, that you're wanting to shed more light on, whether it's in the area of love or faith, any of the fruit of the Spirit. So I thank you for protecting the word that was given tonight and protecting all that was received. 
And I ask that you would just give love encounters, crazy love encounters to each person. Sing that love song over each of us tonight. Sing that love song throughout our entire week. Just keep bringing our mind back even to that melody about knowing that you're going to sing a love song to us and that you've got a song in your heart and that there's a song in our heart that you want to release in us to sing back to you. So we thank you for the love encounters. We thank you for the building up of our faith. And we say yes to all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.